I can tell you what I know about Napoleon. What? He once got in with a group of time-travelling dwarves <laughs> and got robbed. Yeah. And then they got robbed by Robin Hood. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, no. He also went to a water park. Oh, he went to a water oh, yeah. park. What a slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so jables. Have you pressed it, Ben? I've pressed it. Have you pressed it now? It's pressed. What about now? It's currently toggled on. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Just So Jables Film Podcast with me, Jables. And me, our kid. And me, Jay. No, producer Ben. What? <laughs> I did Almost. Surprise My shoulder's hurt today. It's up from carrying the, the podcast again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here at the Just So Jables Film Podcast, we review films, but unlike many other film shows, we like to give you our hot takes straight out of the cinema with no previous viewings of the film hello and uh, <laughs> without making ourselves look clever and funny especially in ben's case and extra fun about what am i saying i don't know I words don't know. it's been a long day Joe. Oh, anyway it's been a really long get, day people get the gist oh god yeah anyway. if you want to hear a better version of that intro just switch yeah, to a different we, episode yeah can you just cut and paste from the other one yeah and i'll all i'm right, all i'm just going to do is say napoleon uh chat about last week's film our kid <laughs> Tell us, uh, how wrong or right did we get it? Well, the killer. Mixed views, as usual. There weren't that many YouTube reviews online, actually. It's quite a silent release, really, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, so the critical drinker liked it and called it a mature film for a mature audience. If you want mindless action, you'll be disappointed. Mm. Ben? Mindful action. No. Did I say mindless or mindful? Oh, mindless. You said yeah. mindless. Good. I watched Kermode and Mayo's review. That was quite interesting. Mark Kermode didn't seem to like it very much. He said, the voiceover borders on parody and mm. it didn't have any substance, though Fassbender is hugely watchable. Yeah. He also pointed out that there's a four-minute joke in the scene that Tilda Swinton's in that is actually played out pretty much word for word in the series The Crown which I've never seen, I've so seen. I wouldn't know uh, yeah, about I've got no point this. Of reference, yeah. But he did say it seemed an odd thing that they used almost the same sort of referencing of, of a well-known series. No. Yeah, it was a joke about like a bear and yeah, and a, a bear hunter, in the woods it? and stuff. Peter Bradshaw for the Guardian was much more positive, gave it five stars, and said it was horribly addictive samurai-style procedural. There's no information on budgets or streaming figures or anything like that because it was Netflix. Yeah. But it made $362,000 at the box office from its limited cinema release. And it is still sitting in the top 10 on Netflix. On Netflix. So is it, it is constantly being watched, I guess. Is it one of those things that the film release was done in the cinema? Because isn't there something that maybe they were thinking about Oscars and stuff? Maybe. Because you can't, I, I think I'm right in saying you can't, be nominated for an Oscar without a film release? Is that yeah, correct? Without, without a cinema yeah. release? Yeah. To be honest, I haven't given it that much thought since we watched it, but I tend to dwell on things I think are rubbish. Yeah. So I obviously liked it because I haven't really given it much thought. I haven't given it much thought, but I quite, I, I think I stand by what we said. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I, I'd agree with some of what he's saying in terms of the joke in that part itself. I didn't think the joke was very, like, it was supposed to be a joke and it's supposed to be, like, a point to, towards mm. what you're doing. But I thought there's much better examples or ways yeah. of putting that. Yeah. Just would have been, like, funnier or, or just better or yeah, more insightful. cleverer, yeah. Cleverer, but, you know, it was what it was. Mm. I liked it. I, I, yeah. I'd def definitely watch it again. Me too. Yeah. I'll watch it with you. Okay. Cool. Okay, I'm washing, washing my hair that day. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, what, uh, if people wanted to get in touch and tell us what they thought, how would they do that, Arkin? They will get us on the socials, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. No, X, at JustSoJables. They can email us, hello, at JustSoJables.com. We have had a message. Okay. We've had a couple of messages through the Instagram. Someone called Matthew Mule has been liking our work. Okay, cool. Particularly from last year. So the festive season's obviously coming up. Ah. Some of our Christmas stuff has, has shown. Right. And do you remember we did that post that was about Violent Night? Yeah. And whether people thought it was like the night the reindeer died. Yeah. Matthew's taken to that and has been posting, you've been a real good boy this year, Lee. <laughs> and things like that nice. along with that post. So that's nice. good fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I've seen uh, Silent Night, or Violent. Violent Night, sorry, is on Sky, I think this is. So I'm definitely going to be watching that again. I'm quite looking forward to watching that again, actually. Yeah, so, definitely. yeah, good stuff. Mm. But, nice. Entered the canon, I guess. Yeah, but before we get to that, though, Ben, what the hell are you on about this week? Well, I'm continuing my theme of terrible DVDs from charity shops. Oh, excellent. I can't promise we're going to have this every week, but this week we do have it. I do have for you Enemy of the State. Oh, really? Yeah, That's which... the um, Gene Hackman... Gene Hackman, Will Smith. Will Smith. I really yeah. like that film. Did I talk about that with you guys? Go on. Don't okay, so. doesn't ring a bell. So this is, just in case you've never heard of it or seen it, I think it's a late 90s, probably about 1998-ish, action slash espionage slash spy thriller sort of thing. And it was in the whole time when, you know, like the 90s stuff where they tried to put tech into it, like yep. satellites and beeping things and stuff like that. So yep. this is like the Big Brother surveillance state. And Will Smith kind of gets drawn into this national level conspiracy theory political murder sort of plot thing and he's he's like a lawyer and at the start of it because i was trying to i picked up the dvd and i was like so he's like an agent or something we'll watch but he's not he's just he just happens upon this plot by accident he's a lawyer but he kind of knows someone who's involved purely by chance mm. and they drop a thing into his pocket in a lingerie store, which turns yeah. out to be a game in a, a Game Boy-like console, but it's not really a game. It's a video recording of a murder of a politician because of lobbying and because of this, that, and the other. And yeah, it's, it's quite good fun. It's, it's sort of dated, I would say. It feels 90s now. It's not quite as sharp. If they were going to make that film now, I think it would be a lot sharper. There'd be a lot more tech in it. There'd be a lot more action and stuff. So it's just kind of, yeah... It's just a good, I guess, like, a, we didn't watch it on a Sunday afternoon, but I'm going to say it's a good, like, Sunday afternoon film, just pottering yeah. through it. It's, you know, highly implausible, ridiculously improbable, some stupid stunts, but I think it's probably that era where the budgets for these films and the tech available for, like, I don't know, CGI isn't really featured in it very much and things like that, so it feels quite down-to-earth. It feels like sort of real people going through the motions. Gene Hackman kind of comes in as this kind of, I think he's, like, ex-government He's had to go out, not quite into hiding, but he's kind of one of these elusive conspiracy theory types who doesn't want to be talked to. And Will Smith kind of drags him out of the woodwork and goes, you need to help me. And he's like, I don't want to help you. And he's all grum grumbly and gruff. He's really good. Though, yeah. yeah, he's got his own Faraday cage and stuff like that. As you reminded me, I think it's Gene Hackman was in a film not completely similar to this, but with surveillance stuff in called The Conversation in the 60s. Yeah, And it feels like they've just dragged him back from yeah, that and made yeah. him do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so just just a bit of kind of, I wouldn't say mindless, but just silly 90s kind of fun stuff. Mm. The um, guys chasing him are just awful though, aren't they? They're just they're idiots. Idiots. Yeah, and, but and horrible. Yeah. Ridiculous haircuts. Yeah. And like, there's oh, guys yeah, with these like... got like a razor head hair. Yeah, it's ridiculous. these kind of flat tops. So I guess they're kind of supposed to be like quirky, but military style yeah. haircuts. But they're like, 
I don't know, like muscle types. They, they've actually got muscle cars for some reason, like 70s muscle cars. Yeah. It's like, why? It doesn't make any sense. I remember quite like it. So I was talking to someone about this just the other day because I was thinking, I want to watch it again because it's very much, as you said, in that conspiracy theory 90s times, everyone, whatever you say, whatever phone call you have, someone's listening to you, whatever message you send or if there's an email, someone's listening and watching you. And I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, what's the technology like in that film now? And I think, like, compared to something now where everyone's got so much technology in their pocket, it would probably just look very, very dated like that yeah. now. Although, to be fair, there, there are some bits in it that are silly because it's like, you know the classic sort of trope in a film where it's when you've got anything digital or an image or something? Yeah. Somebody with a pair of glasses on at the back of, back of the room just sort of box, enhance. Yeah, And then yeah. suddenly they've found things in the image that weren't there. There's a bit of that going on. But there is also a little bit of stuff that you probably... You're on the edge of with AI yeah. now because it would say, show me this from the other side and it would probably be able to figure it out. It wouldn't stand up as evidence in a federal case, no. probably. But yeah, there are some quite interesting things. So although the text quite clunky, there are a few little hints that like, even though, even if you were in that film, you could jump forward 24, 25 years. Some of that stuff would just be on the cusp of being possible, maybe. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. kid, what are you on about? Then? Well, I watched a couple of films at the film festival over oh, the weekend. Of course. So one of them was a new film called Anatomy of a Fall. I don't know okay. if you've heard of that I at all. I have heard of it. It actually won the Palm d'Or at Cannes, but we won't hold that Cannes! against it. <laughs> yeah, It's a French and English language thriller about a woman who lives in like a remote part of the French Alps with her husband and her son. The husband falls out of a window and it's a mystery of did he fall or was he pushed? So the whole film is basically the trial and picking over the, their relationship. I'd say it was slow, but in a good way. It's very yeah. sort of well-paced and thoughtful. There's nothing crashy-bashy. So it's just the picking apart of a situation and people's lives. It, it sort of asks the question of how do you come to a decision about something that's happened when you weren't there, biases and things like that. Yeah. But I thought it was really good. You found it a bit slow in places, didn't no, I, you? No, I thought it was really good. That There's a lot of courtroom stuff in this film, which I wasn't expecting, and that does drag a little bit. But I think, although, the, I mean, the story's quite basic, isn't it? It's like mm. someone falls out a window and they've got to try and figure out if anyone is liable or responsible for that in a legal sense or whatever. But it's more the, the characters and the performances. They're very good. Mm. Yeah. And I liked it a lot. We also, well, I went also to see the 1948 British melodrama, The Red Shoes, okay. as well. I loved it. I thought it was really good. While you did that, I stayed home and watched Sisu. Oh. Which I think you and, and yeah. Barney mentioned. I haven't seen it yet, but is it good? Yeah, it's good. I'd say it's quite sparse. Yeah. And not just in terms of the landscape and stuff, but in terms of just like the performance and how it's done. But yeah, it's, it's good. J-Balls, what are you on about? <laughs> we'll get on to... Uh, a big film that I watched at the weekend shortly, but I watched The Lazarus Project, actually. It's a uh, second series of The Lazarus Project came out on Sky. Have you heard of Lazarus Project? You might have seen the trailers. Only or... from you mentioning it. Yeah, so it's a it's basically like a time travel series, I would probably say. It's a top secret government organization that use checkpoints in time to avert mass extinction. The science is a bit wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, for sure. You don't actually know how they do things, but basically when the Earth parts is a certain point in space oh. on the 1st of July every year. Yeah, I think you did mention this. Yeah. yeah, basically like a checkpoint. And if something happens within a year, then they can jump back to that point You know, at the 1st of July. So they're trying to avert things like the pandemic, basically. They realise that they 
jump back and they, there's a couple of time jumps that happen. This is from the perspective of someone who isn't in the organisation at that point. And they managed to cure it a lot quicker and produce a vaccine very early using the knowledge they've discovered over the year. So that's kind of the plot of the series and it it's, uh, stars Papa Sidhu and is it Caroline Quentin? Oh, so it's a British series? Yeah, oh, okay. it's a British series. Oh, yeah, it's set in Britain. It is Caroline Quentin who's... From Jonathan Creek. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, she's head of the organisation. I've watched both series in far too short a time than I should have. Uh, it's quite. There's only like eight episodes in each. Uh, it's good. It's It hangs together to a point. It falls down a couple of things. There's some odd motivations and silly things that people do. And I always say like the first six series of The Walking Dead... I like The Walking Dead because a lot of the things that people do, you think, yeah, I'd do that. That makes sense. I understand. In this, in the first series, yes, weird stuff happens, but you're kind of sitting there going, okay, yeah, I see why you've done that. In the second series, things get ramped up. So bigger action set pieces. Some are good. Some don't land. Planes landing in the middle of an A road no one is driving on. Bad looking effects at those points. (laughs) I think it works overall. I think it's a good series. I don't, but it does. It definitely doesn't hang together. The wibbly wobbly timey wimey. You, you think of like the cause and effect that you get in Back to the Future. Imagine that turned up to eleven. Mm. There's literally plot points in things that they're trying to resolve because they they've got this checkpoint thing that's happened, and later on there's a ti- there's actually a time machine that comes into it. And as soon as that gets involved, other things st- don't start stacking up. There's a lot about the story between George and Sarah, which are the two kind of main characters who get brought into it, their relationship. I think it's worth watching. I think you'd like it. I would watch the third series, but I don't know how much I'd like the third series because of how it finished. So if you like a bit of time travel... I do, Which I know you do. Then I I think you'd like it, isn't it? I, I actually think it's more interesting. The time checkpoint concept is a much more interesting mechanic in a lot of ways than a time machine. Because, you know, you're working to a point. And there's yeah. some really kind of almost brutal sort of storylines involving, you know, because when the che- when things get set back, things don't always progress in the world as they happened before. You mm. know, someone was pregnant, had, gave, gives, gives birth, and then when time jumps back, they basically have lost their kid. Mm. Yeah, so it's where I'd say is the people who are involved in the project... They know what's happening, so they feel the time jumps, but everyone else in the rest of the world doesn't. So that's what makes it interesting. They know what's yeah. happening. They keep all their memories and then jump. So there's some really interesting factors of that. And I don't think they explored that well enough. Mm. Not all the way through. I think they jumped to the time machine stuff too quickly. When I just think there's endless possibilities for other things to have happened in that. But, mm. you know. Yeah. So in that, is there any stuff of people who are a part of the project, like the government people? Mm. Sneakily misusing the system. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, so there's a lot of bits like that. There's people that misuse it. And okay. yeah, and that's all part of the story. So there's lots of interesting stuff to it. And I think you, you'd probably like yeah. it. But I think there's also bits that would annoy you as well. Mm. Speaking of timey-wimey, do you want to say anything about Doctor Who? Nah. No, we'll come back. No, okay. let's not do it. Stay away from that. I think we step away. Maybe Fine. we'll talk about it next week. All right. So... On to this week, we are going to be watching... Napo- Napoleon. Napoleon. Full disclosure... This week, uh, I have already seen the film. Yes. <laughs> I watched it at the weekend. You guys haven't. This is one of my, my pre-booked films for yeah. the weekend. Mm. So I'm going to sort of step away for how I feel about it. Why don't you tell us the plot of Napoleon, Ben? Tell, tell <laughs> the you the bio, plot. biopic Napoleon. Well, I don't want to give you any spoilers on this <laughs> one. 
Right, I'm just going to give you a bit of film info. Not too much. I mean, it's obviously it's a Ridley Scott film, who we know from Gladiator, um, which is also Joaquin Phoenix, who plays Napoleon. So that's that's made me realise that Gladiator is actually quite old now. Yeah. 2000. Mm-hmm. So it's been 23 years. Also, most recently, House of Gucci. So who's in this? Vanessa Kirby as Empress Josephine, um, who we know from Mission, colon, Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Who else? Rupert Everett as Arthur Wellesley, the Duke of Wellington. Tahar Rahim as Paul Barras. I don't know who that character is. Politician, but he's high, sort of highly billed in this film, so he's obviously going to play a big part. Sinead Cusack as Napoleon's mum. And Ian McNeese as Louis the XVIII. <laughs> Very good, man. There's a lot of people in this film, so that's just a random selection of people. Yeah. Um, obviously, Napoleon's going to be the main character in this, and I guess it's it's probably doing a disservice to say it's a biopic, <laughs> but I guess it's the, the rise to power of, of Napoleon. A couple more facts. This is on a budget of about $200 million. It's, I believe it's an Apple original film. You might it want is. to correct me. And it's made about $79 million so far at the box office. Apparently, this one, unlike some other historical films about the Napoleonic Wars and Napoleon features multiple battles. So this one has six battles in it, apparently. I'm not sure if that comes through in the film. Jables, maybe you can tell us. Yeah. It looks like it's quite heavily a, um, a British production. So I think most of it was filmed in the UK. And that's about all I know about it. Ben does know quite a lot about Napoleon, though, because we were talking about this this morning. And Ben was just reeling off loads of stuff. I can tell you what I know about Napoleon. What? He once got in with a group of time-travelling dwarves and <laughs> got robbed... Yeah. And then they got robbed by Robin Hood. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, no. He also went to a water park. (laughs) Oh, he went to a water park. What a slide. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So this film follows directly on from that that film. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Okay, you start off. I think I read right that in the Apple version, when it finally comes onto Apple TV, it's going to be a longer version that's going to be more focused on Josephine, apparently. Mm. Okay. So it seems a little bit of a strange take to have it in sort of not two parts but to have it sort of separated mm. but i really liked gladiator when it came out and i like most of ridley scott's films actually yeah. but i don't know maybe i'm just not quite in the mood for napoleonic wars today i don't mind that sort of <laughs> stuff i watch sharp i like yeah. i like that kind of mm. thing and i like the odd <laughs> historical drama but yeah, we'll see. I'm, it's difficult because I know you've seen it, so you yeah. look like you've almost got a poker face on. Oh, I have wanna, completely don't got give a poker anything face away. On. I will, I will say, it's, it, it, you know, it's a good film. Put, putting it that way, I don't think you'll be, you won't be disappointed in it. I, yeah. I can, we're, I don't think. I think that's small, fair to say. But. We're in the small screen, screen four. It looks to be pretty much fully booked. So okay. I'm tentatively looking forward to it. My only reservation is we're all a little bit tired, so a historical <laughs> biopic just feels a little bit, oh, really? Yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure we'll be fine once we yeah. get there. Yeah, because I mean, I'm guessing that this is partly with the angle of looking at things through the eyes of his wife slash girlfriend, Josephine. I don't um, know. But I'm guessing we're getting a lot of battle scenes as well interleaved into that. I would say it's mainly his focus from him, but right. Josephine does figure quite prominently in it and i think it's fair to you know it's not giving spoilers away to say they are the main focus of the film and i think they make it a good viewing experience because of that okay um i don't want to say too much in terms of what i think but it's a ridley scott film so it does look good i i I think that's from ridley scott 
films, I don't think they all land that well because I don't think Prometheus is that good a film. Mm. But you can't say that it isn't a, isn't a good-looking film. It looks good. With what he uses, he makes very good, quite epic-scale films. Mm. And it does feel like an epic film. Yeah, It spans quite a long length of time. So there's quite a lot to fit in. To pack in, yeah. Yeah, and I think they do a good job of do a good job of that. Obviously, I'll have a lot to talk about afterwards. So things I'm looking forward to is that kind of what you just said, like Ridley Scott doing the kind of expansive, impressive stuff and battle scenes and all that kind of stuff and the atmosphere. If it's anything like Gladiator in that sort of scale of things, mm-hmm. I think it will be good. Things I'm a little bit worried about is the talky bits if it goes a bit mumbly and a bit quiet and a bit whispery, because I get a sense of that from the trailer, so I'm slightly worried about that aspect of it, but we'll see. I can tell you now, you don't need to worry about that bit of it. Okay. I I, I was kind of concerned as well, just like audio-wise, I mean, I suppose it depends where you watch it, but watch it on a big screen in a full cinema. I never not knew what was being said or where things were going. Mm. It's quite clear. It's it's quite a linear story, really. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, in that regard, it's... You don't need to fear, Ben. Yeah. And I guess as well, um, Ridley Scott's taken a few liberties with what actually happened. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really matter for the purposes of a film. So, no. Yeah, Unless here we you're go. French, I guess. <laughs> then maybe it does. be interesting to see well, what the French make of it. Yeah, they're probably not going to like it, are they? No, an English guy making a film about a Yeah, well, French. not that Napoleon was French. but Well, he kind of was. And he actually hated the French as well. Well, he, was, he, he was Corsican, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. But that was part of France at the time, no? Well, it was just. Only just. <laughs> yeah. Like a year before he was born or something like that. Anyway. 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 It's just started raining, so I suppose we better get there outside and head yeah. to the cinema. Hooray. Yeah, Yay. better get the disputed umbrella out. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we'll see you on the flip-flop. Bye. Bye. For me, it's the bad time. James. Yeah. You're full of mad. <laughs> the song is sur the table. L'oiseau est dans la cage. J'écoute des disques. J'habite à La Rochelle. Le boule bass. Qu'est-ce que c'est exactement? He wasn't even French. <laughs> Say something in Italian. Uh, oh. Anyway, I guess we're back. Mamma mia! <laughs> anyway, we're back from the Majestic. Le Majestic. <laughs> Having we? just watched Benjamin Napoleon, <laughs> Napoleon, mate, in it. <laughs> Do what? Vive la France! <laughs> but we'll get on to that. Our kid, before we do, tell us what was that all about. So I'm going to be quite brief. I think as biopics are a bit difficult to synopsize without giving too much away. It's bloody Napoleon, isn't it? Napoleon, isn't it? Spoiler so, alert. Yeah, essentially, it's the full adult life and career of Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh, nice, yeah. Played by Joaquin Phoenix, starting with his inspired leadership of the Siege of Toulon, through to the consequences of the Battle of Waterloo, which I won't spoil, for those of you who don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. There will be people who don't know what happened at the Battle of Waterloo. Yeah, there probably will. There totally will will be. Really? Have they not listened to the Anna song? Yeah. <laughs> Is that how they get their facts? Yeah. That's how I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, know for, I know full well that money is not funny. <laughs> and the winner does, in fact, yeah, take t- it they all. Do. That's they true. do. That's yeah. true. Ooh. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, didn't. You heard it from other. Anyway. Yeah. I'll, I'll move slightly on. So, yeah, so on. <laughs> the main focus throughout the film is really his complicated relationship with Josephine 
His wife, played by, or wife then, ex-wife, or well, that might be a spoiler, oh, played a spoiler. by Vanessa Kirby. And that sort of weaves throughout the notable battles of Napoleon's career. And I think that's pretty much all I can say to surmise. Who wants to start the analysis? I think I will, and I will say straight away, it's a historical biopic. We're not going to be scared about mentioning things that are spoilers because it's just history. It's fact. I'm not saying we... Well, we will, it's we'll, fact. Okay, there's basis on some elements of truth, okay. let's say. Plus, um, someone's been issued an artistic licence, maybe. Anyway. Yeah, I've, I've seen this for the second time, so Ben, why don't you start off? Oh, okay. I'm not quite sure what I think about this film. I've written down here, slightly odd, not bad, just odd. Jables, you've had more time to think about it than, than I have, but I don't know if I like it. I, d- I don't hate it, but there's some things that I don't like about it. I thought the pacing was a bit odd. I think, ultimately, it's a bit too much ground to cover in one film, and I know it's quite a long film. How, how long was it? Two and a half hours-ish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than that. Two, yeah, 259? Yeah. And to be fair, it didn't feel... It didn't, to me, it didn't drag. No. I mean, it's not like I fell asleep or anything during the film. <laughs> <laughs> but... It's so much to cover, and I going into it, I wasn't sure if we were going to see like Napoleon from when he was like a baby all the way through till his death. We didn't. It cuts straight into where he's actually in charge of some military stuff, but it doesn't really explain why. And then it kind of rattles through quite quickly, and cut, well, I say rattles through. It kind of jumps from one thing to the yeah. next, and I guess it kind of has to. But because of that, for me, it felt like it never really went into anything deeply enough. Yeah, like it didn't shed any extra light it, so i wasn't sure whether it didn't really decide whether it wanted to give you historical details and tell you things or whether it wanted to do like a character study on napoleon which i don't think it did well enough either and then we've got the josephine angle which i wasn't sure why that was there so i'm a little bit confused mm. i would say in general i didn't really get a sense of who napoleon was because the way they portrayed him so Joaquin Phoenix, I'm not saying his performance was bad, because I'm sure that's what, how, how it was meant to be. But Napoleon comes across as a bit of a sort of oddball, and that's all you get, really. I didn't really get, like, charismatic leader. I didn't get military genius. I just got slightly mumbling oddball, who just kind of, for some reason, was put in charge. Yeah. So that's my initial take on it, which sounds a bit negative, actually. I didn't hate it. I quite liked it, but there was I was like, I wanted more from it. What about your first takes on Arky? Yeah, I thought it was just enough, to be honest. I liked it. I think if it had gone too hard on the military stuff, I would have found it boring. So I actually liked the pace of it because there was enough action in there that I enjoyed, but there was enough of the personal drama thing. I actually did like how he was characterised. I didn't feel that he was an idiot, but I felt like the military tactician was there and it was demonstrated in the the Austerlitz, the battle on the ice. But it also showed that kind of bloated lack of self-awareness that he Mm -hmm. had. But it wasn't over the top. I don't think he he was an idiot, but I think he was a product of his time. I really liked how it was portrayed visually as well. I think I was saying when we were walking back, it was like they just 
took lots of paintings of the of the time yeah, and yeah. like used that to put a screenplay together. Yeah. Yeah. The sex scenes were funny. <laughs> you kind know, of like funny, her they? face yeah. was just so disinteresting. I know. It was just, yeah. It was sexies, was, it was just... Again, but that was characterisation, wasn't it? It was. That was all part of it. And I, I liked it. My initial yeah, my initial impressions are really positive. So as I said, this is second viewing for me. I liked it first time. I wasn't sure how I was going to be watching a long film again so soon afterwards, mm. straight away. But in a way, I was kind of looking forward to it. I agree with most of what you say on both parts, actually. Apart from overall, I think I enjoyed it more and liked it more than Ben. I'd agree with what you say, definitely. I liked, I like you, I liked the characterizations. I liked how he portrayed the character, which is... A kind of difficult character. I, I kind of wrote down that overall the film is stronger in the first half, I think. Almost when he's quieter, you feel like there's more going on and there's more, you know, emotion to him when he's on the battlefield, but also when he's off the battlefield, he seems, he comes across as quite nervous, like a nervous confidence, which I quite, I quite liked. It's not to say the second half is weak or how it is. I just think it, I found the backdrop of the French Revolution more interesting than that of war in Europe. Just because of the way the way it played out. I really like Vanessa Kirby in it. I think she's really yeah, good I think actually. She's great. There's a couple of weird parts where they're almost kind of like laughing with each other. And I think that's almost of the absurdity of it. Yeah. Mm. And it's obviously deliberate because there is a lot of absurdity to the way if it was two people who wanted to be together, but then there's this whole surround that means they can't and how they engage in the relationship afterwards. I, I preface what I was saying. I found the first half more engaging in, in a kind of like Napoleon way, but in their relationship, even though they see each other kind of less, it's more engaging in the second half when you get the sense that she does want to be with him and he wants to be with her, but there's just this situation that's stopping it from happening. Overall, I think it looks, the film looks good. There's one thing you can say like about Ridley Scott. I think he puts a film together well. He's sometimes constrained by the story, and I think it's obvious that he doesn't really care a lot of the times on certain parts of that. Mm. He will create a scene at the expense of what may be historical accuracies or inaccuracies or just how he wants, how his vision of what he wants it to look like. There's a couple of little bits that are ropey CGI, I thought, at times. Mm. But then we don't live in 18th century Europe. So, and certainly in terms of like costume and physical scenery, mm. I think it's really good. It's very strong, actually. You don't kind of get drawn out of it, apart from those bits where it is generated in CGI. And how some of the battle scenes are masked, I think, actually works quite mm. well. There's a large scale, but they're quite confined. And it sort of works. I particularly liked how Paris was portrayed after the revolution. Absolutely, like the visual yeah. Of that, yeah. like the furniture and things outside. Well, you know, when she's walking through the street. Yeah, yeah, it's it's well put together. But I think I'd agree with Ben. I think it definitely feels rushed in places. Weirdly, so there's certain parts where some scenes blend from one point to another with no time for anything to de develop, or even for it to sit on your mind as mm. to why something may happen. Mm. And it felt like you you said beforehand that they might there's going to be an extended version when it's on Apple release, and I can imagine that extended release being four and a half hours. Yeah. Because I think it, and I think it will literally fill some of those gaps, and it may just be with scenes and looks and and bits yeah. like this. 
they're talking about having not being able to have a kid, and then they go to having a conversation about having getting divorced, and then they go to getting getting divorced, and then they're going to yeah. go, and it's yeah. like it's like boom, right? There's that bit, boom. There's that bit, boom. There's that bit, boom. There's that yeah. bit, and you're like, okay. But he says to her, "I've loved these fifteen years," and you're like, yeah. Yeah. 15, fifteen years, fifteen <laughs> yeah. really." So yeah. yeah, you're right. Maybe time did pass a little mm. strangely. Because actually, if you think about it, if you think back to House of Gucci, that actually covers quite a long period of time, yeah. and that's actually done. I think arguably better because they do skip over big chunks in that big chunks of time. But yeah, it, it's not so jarring. Yeah, so um, I, I'll be honest though, I didn't find it quite as jarring first time, but when I was watching it second time, and it was almost like having that in mind and seeing those scenes and knowing how it was going to happen, I was like, oh yeah, that is it. Just yeah, it felt a bit different like that. Definitely second time. What else do you like about Arkin? I liked the music. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it had a nice mix of like orchestral and folk and choir vocals. And in that sense, it reminded me of Gladiator. <coughs> because mm. one of the things I really liked about the film Gladiator was the music. It's... We had the mm. CD, do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. It's very I, orchestral. I, I did, yeah. But I did like that every time, even when there were sort of like French folk songs sort yeah. of playing, every time something came on, I was kind of tapping my foot a little bit. Thinking, yeah, yeah I quite go along with the because often I talk about how much I like the visuals in a yeah. film, but I actually liked like the sounds of this one as well. There's a couple of times where, as you say, the folk music sounded more 20th century, early 20th century had sound to it, Maybe. and I think that was kind of a deliberate thing. It had you know when they were getting lit out of the Bastille, there's almost like a light just pre World War World War One esque type yeah. folky, and I quite mm. liked it. It sort of lightened it, and there was a couple of times later on where, as you say, I mean, I suppose it is the score, of the music, but there's some very dark, deep sounds when they're, you know, coming into the into the battle and during, as you said, the uh, the Austerwitz. Austerwitz? Austerwitz. Austerwitz. Um, Austerwitz. Austerwitz. Nailed it. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Attack that that's very much just like audio cues about what's happening and the build up to that, which yeah, no, I totally agree. I like that. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I mean there were snatches where it was like, yeah, I enjoyed the music. But when you think back to Gladiator, the music is a big part of Gladiator. Yeah. And again, I don't think I think they missed a bit of an opportunity with this one. I mean, I suppose it's always the case like you don't want to do too much. Maybe I just expected too much from it. But I uh, think I think yeah. that there's gonna be obvious comparisons between this and Gladiator, yeah. isn't there? Maybe I'm remem- remembering Gladiator differently to how because I have not seen it for quite a few years. Mm. And maybe if I went back to it, I'd be like, okay, yeah, they are kind of comparable. But in my mind, maybe it's like rose-tinted glasses. It's more sweeping and it's more of a masterpiece. And yeah. This just feels a bit plodding by comparison. Mm. Maybe I need, just need to go back and watch Gladiator and see how plodding that is in reality. But Do you know why Ben loves Gladiator so much? Why is that? Because it's the first film we ever saw together in oh, the yeah. pictures. Oh. That's true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Hello>. Anyway, <laughs> so a uh, couple of things that I, I'm not sure if I, I didn't like, but almost stuck out to me a bit more the second time because I was just watching it first time and second time thinking about it a bit more. I don't know the history that well. Ben knows the history of the Proteo. Maybe slightly times, more. Maybe slightly more. But I know there's definite inaccuracies and dramatic license on, on history taken. And... I could see why some people may be upset, maybe historians or maybe people who are more sympathetic to Napoleon's cause. I don't know if that's what you'd say. <laughs> but ultimately, I also think pretty much every film's like that. You know, no matter what the film is, yeah. there's always license taken to make it more dramatic. Mm. 
I don't think there was anything that egregious in this that like took me out of it. There's things I know. Uh, I know like Waterloo lasted for like nine hours, and this it seems like half an hour, and then we'll all meet up down the yeah. down the port so for a, little field for breakfast after with mm. a few horses in a, yeah. in a field. And I know I think the actual area was quite good how they had it. <laughs> yeah, but there was definitely more to it. But that's because it was a large scale war with however many you know hundred thousand people. Mm. So there is a lot more, and that's why there's a whole mm. film called Waterloo, which I yeah. love that film actually. It's good. Yeah, it's a, it's a I've good. I've seen it a few I times. I don't know yeah. if I've ever seen that. Actually. You must. Oh, It'll be Christopher Plummer. And who no. is it plays Napoleon? Someone uh, really famous. Uh, uh, so it's Rod Steiger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's I know right. Orson Welles plays Louis XIV in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I remember. And he's, he's just kind of like, and it's prime, I'm just about to die, I think, Orson Welles. Maybe it's not. Maybe it was a little worse than that, but he's just like a fat bloke eating food. Like <laughs> like Louis, is it Louis XIV? Louis XVIII. Is it XVIII? Yeah. yeah. Like it was in this film, he's just a fat guy who pops up eating some stuff. So, yeah. you know, but that is a film. That's quite a lot. I think that's a long film as well. I think that's like a three-hour film. That's encompassing one battle that's with a lot of detail. So, you know, what what do you expect? They, this done Waterloo in what had to be done in, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. And yeah. even though it wasn't accurate, I actually liked how it done. It had the important bits. So it doesn't matter that much. You yeah. got out of it what, act, what actually happened. And the Waterloo stuff, because I came out of it, because that, obviously that was towards the end. Yeah. And I came out of it thinking, actually, that battle scene was underwhelming because it was played quite straight in that there wasn't really a lot of CGI or anything. It what there wasn't a lot of filters on it. I do agree. Not, it, it, the scale, it just did. It, the scale wasn't there. Yeah, it was just. It's like there, I mean, there was stuff in the background. So when like the British Army was doing the the four formation stuff, yeah. obviously that was copy and paste. Do you mean former square? Former yeah. square stuff. Yeah, copy and paste stuff on that to add scale. But then the close up stuff seemed quite. It, it wasn't hyper produced, and I, I wasn't. I came out thinking I don't know whether I liked that or not. I didn't. I, I agree with you on that. When when you saw the close up of them riding around, the kind of fighting between people, and the same with the with the ice scene where you think had people falling through the, the close-up stuff just felt really messy it was just like yeah. things flying so you didn't actually see any detail or anything mm. there was nothing you felt out of it yeah yeah what do we think about duke of wellington so I rupert really everett. Liked the duke yeah of wellington. he just he kind of stood out in a weird way to me because yeah. he who was it, it rupert um rupert, rupert everett, everett yeah. it was slightly hammy wasn't it and, yeah but... totally he was basically grimacing like yeah. the side of his mouth was curled up the whole time yeah I, but i, I love the fact that there was stuff going off around him. There was like when the artillery fire starts and it kind of like flies over his head. You know, he, he doesn't quite do the completely unflinching, but he just kind of like, he's almost like gurs at the camera across at the, yeah. <laughs> across at the phone. And it's like, Girl, how dare you? It was very British. How yeah. dare yeah. you fire at me? I've got a sense he was having fun yeah, playing that role. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about, well, not that, but uh, the other slight. I'm not sure how I feel about it is the accents. Now, I don't know if it would be better. If it was done with dodgy French accents, I think mm-hmm. that probably would have been a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. But what I found slightly off at some points, especially when they were fighting each other, or you know, you were swapping from one side, the British side, to the French side, <coughs> is everyone talking in the Queen's English, even mm. like the French mm. talking very posh English. They didn't muddy it down. And when you had people racing up the battlements in Toulon shouting, Vive la France! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, and then the British people were going, get them, boys, stop them, get them from the artillery. I'm just like, who's shouting what? Yeah. It, was, it was just odd. Yeah, but then it wasn't consistently that. 
because then the Russian guy had a kind yeah, of Russian accent. That's true. And the Austrian guy had a kind of Austrian accent. Yeah. I, I don't think hammy French accents would have been good at all. And it just would have been off. But maybe ju- just dulling it down or kind of like having that neutral kind of like mm. sound, which I think he done quite well. Because I think you said when we were coming out of the cinema, Joaquin Phoenix has got a, not a strange accent, but he's got quite a different cadence to how he talks. And because he's talking like that, it makes it sound fine in playing Napoleon. But the people around him at times, you know, I'm not sure how mm. I feel about that. But And I found it a little bit more distracting second time, but only maybe because I was listening out for it as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't really... Have you got any, anything else you Just want? Just that there were, add? like, quite a lot of familiar faces in it from... Of like Midsummer Murders, Midsummer Murders, any British uh, murder mystery Christie, you can yeah. name. I think everyone for by Joaquin Phoenix has probably been in one of those. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there were some moments where it felt a little bit stagey and a little bit acty, particularly yeah. in the more sort of political scenes in Paris mm-hmm. a little bit later on. But I didn't really mind that actually. I no. quite got into like you said the kind of cadence of it really. Yeah, and the yeah. robe is it Robespierre? The yeah, guy, the, the Robespierre guy is standing up in a kind of a parliament or something, I guess. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Whoa, get him!" And it's like, "Ooh, run away!" Yeah, or shoot myself in the face. It's like that whole episode probably took like months to to unfold. Yeah, yeah, and they just deal with it in like a three yeah. minute. Yeah. Run away, shoot myself. But that's kind the of biopic. Scene. That's what they do. Yeah, I guess they? so. I think yeah. What I liked about that sort of side of the film, though, is it kind of shows how anarchic and stuff it it was during that mm. period of history. So even though, as you said, what probably happened over weeks happens in two and a half minutes, if that. But in that this format, it shows like how absurd and complex the, mm. the whole situation mm. was. So yeah, car moment, Ben. Cart moment. Actually, he did have a nice cart, didn't he? Yeah. No, no car moments in this film, sadly. Have you got any kind of rating or anything you'd give it? Hmm. Sounds like Ben wants to give it a water poo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give it a rating with your favourite historical battle, Ben. I don't have a favourite historical (laughs) battle, Jables. (laughs) Okay. Strangely enough. I don't know. I'm going to give it Thermopylae. I was thinking Thermopylae, really. Just forget. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably... I think I'd just give it, you know, a solid biopic. What other, you know, solid... Not amazing, but kind of likeable, kind of odd, slightly quirky in places biopic. I can't really think of any, to be honest, but I think it stands out okay on its own. Mm. It's almost like a gladiator light in theme, but yeah. it doesn't feel like the film Gladiator. But it also follows that kind of, you've got set piece talking, set yeah, piece talking, drama set piece. And... So it does you know, yeah, have a similar kind definitely. of format. Mum and Dad have got Apple TV, haven't they? So yeah. I would be quite interested, not straight away, but I would be quite interested to see the extended version of it at I, some point. I'm never watching that film with... My father. No, but I'd probably watch it with my mum. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of want to. <laughs> I would, and Dad would go, well, they wouldn't be doing that on Waterloo. And then it would be, shut up, Robert! Yeah. <laughs> and then she'd have a little phone out, and she'd be seeing who's in what. I don't know what rating to give it. I'll try and give it a car rating. I'm going to go Ford Sierra. Oh. 1.6, like, GL out of cars out of films. Not even a 1.8? No. Oh, I think yeah. it lacked power, oh. and it was noticeable. For the weight of the... The vehicle. For the weight of the vehicle, yeah. It didn't have And it tried power. to be all things to all people. Oh, God. And it I tried didn't... to be quirky. And it was supposed to be French, but it turned out to be English. 
or something. Oh, you're so apt with this I do stuff. like yeah. your car scale thing. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing about Waterloo as well, clearly it was the wrong season. And I know there was the rain thing, but the trees didn't have any leaves on them. And that drives me crazy because it's June. Okay. Thanks, anyway. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought I was that guy. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Well, so, uh, what trailers were there? Bob Marley, One Love. Where Who was? What did we think of that? My initial feeling when I saw the guy playing Bob Marley was that he was almost like too handsome. Even though Bob Marley is a good-looking mm. guy, one of the things people love about him was that he was a normal guy. Yeah, right. This guy looks like a model. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's really handsome. Mm. I think I'd, I'd give it a go. I'd yeah. probably take my friend Pam. She loves Bob Marley. Yeah, but, Give it a go. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd watch it. I don't. I think for me, maybe it doesn't feel like a cinema film to me. Mm. But mm. I'd probably watch it. I think that was it, wasn't it, for for I trailers? So. so what's on next week, Ben? Absolutely nothing, Jables. Oh. Yeah, we're going to struggle next week. Okay, um, tell us the options. Well, uh, Wish, mm. which is an animated Disney film. Renaissance colon a film by Beyonce. Okay, um, that's in concert though, right? I, I do like a bit of the Queen, and that's. Almost it. The only film that's probably on our radar to watch isn't on next week yet, which is Wonka. Which is Wonka? Which is Wonka. <laughs> What's which is Wonka? Is that a mashup? Never you mind. Is that a yeah. Rondal mashup? It is, I like yeah. it. Another option on the Corn Exchange is The Great Escaper. Okay. I can't do it. No. Have, yeah. People have to keep an eye on socials to see what we're going to be watching next week. Yeah. How would they do that, Ben? You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram or X, at JustSoJables. You can email us, hello at JustSoJables.com. And you can just head to justsojables.com and the, look at the web page. The web page that Ben's been uh, feverishly editing. Yeah. And made one edit. Nice. Link to Retro Reels. Well, Actually, that reminds me Retro Reels will be coming up in early January. So clear away your after Christmas blues with the thing. Uh, I can't remember what date it's <laughs> That's says. such enthusiasm. I, I think we'll save that one for next week. Thing. Anyway. Uh, so I suppose you could probably book Retro Reels. <laughs> <laughs> Clear away your Christmas plans. <laughs> right, let's get out right, of here then. Let's go. Bye. Bye. Au revoir. Just so jables. <laughs>